Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Hey, you've been talking me down all year. Even in wins, I've been wanting to complain. There's stuff that annoys me. There's stuff that nags me about this team. I, I, I've, I, I've been seeing this kind of loss coming now for five weeks, but I'm not allowed to talk about it because, oh, they're wins, they're wins, they're wins. Well, guess what? This one was a loss, and I'm pissed off. I mean, you could say you saw it coming. I mean, I'm the only one that truly believed we were going 16 or now, and we, we still should be undefeated. Uh, but I don't know. Let's hear what, what are you so upset about? Not, let's see if I can talk you down. At the very least, we should be five zero oh, and one. I mean, uh, yeah, that would look prettier than make a tie out of it with with what was going on there. I mean, homeboy, Russell Wilson is not the MVP of the league. I'm sorry, and for Here we go. five weeks of the season, it was a phantom five and zero. Oh, anyway, they could have very easily been one and four or two and three over that stretch. I mean, come on. They stopped Cam Newton on the one yard line. Okay. And we were all going to ignore it because they were wins. But last night they threw away a hall of fame, otherworldly can't believe it. Oh my gosh. What a game Tyler Lockett had. They threw away possibly the best effort play I've ever seen in the NFL. Despite what, who was it? Don Beebe on Leon let way back in the day. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just so upset this morning. I don't, I don't understand why you run Carlos Hyde three times when you need a first down in the fourth quarter. I don't understand how the Seahawks only scored seven points in the second half and overtime combined after scoring 27 in the first half. I'm, I'm, I, okay, I'll stop now. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I go ahead. I, I guess let's just go through it. What do you, uh, cause well, there, uh, hold on, let me officially look, start. look now when, if you want to go, like we, we can go, you have to play our theme song. Hold on. We'll play our theme song and then we'll start. Okay. It's the Seahawks podcast. I'm Seahawks super fan Brett Davern, and I'm fired up this week because they finally lost they've been flirting with losses all season and it finally happened and so now i get to yell about it he is seahawks legend and consummate optimist uh mr positivity who will hopefully talk me off of this ledge he's lofa tatupu and he's over there uh lofa i was going on and on and on you started to go on but i remembered we have to officially start the show so that's what i'm doing our sponsor is betonline.ag lofa go what were you? Where would you like to start, partner? Because I mean, we, we you started with a ton of things that you're upset about. So uh, I'm upset about. I could complain about the officials. I can complain about anything you want from last night. 
Okay. Well, um, let's pick one topic and let's start there. And I'll get into all of that or we'll get into all that in a second. But like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, our sponsor is betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. These guys are the best. They are much better than the Seahawks secondary. Trust me. <laughs> Lofa's laughing. You just can't hear it. I can see it, but he's oh, not letting God. you hear it. Anyway, go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. You get the uh, welcome bonus for signing up. You can bet on anything from the world of sports, uh, the UFC, the World Series is going on right now. There's all kinds of stuff. Or they have an online 24-7 casino with all the normal casino-type stuff that you can wager on. So go to betonline.ag. Let them know we sent you by typing in the promo code B-L-E-A-V. All right. uh, Now let me yell some more about the Seahawks. Here, let me set you up with this. What do you got? Did they win the game in overtime? No. Did they win the game in the fourth? Oh, man. No. Did they win the game in the third quarter? No. Could they have won the game in all of those quarters? Yes! Okay. Now this comes back back to your little point. You know, you could help yourself in the first half. And we were up 27 to 17 at half. So, so that still holds true that you win it in the end when you finish the game. And that's, that's the one thing that is a little concerning to me. I'm not, I'm not freaking out because you look at the tail of the tape and, you know, everybody wants to complain. Why are we running the ball? Well, cause we had 200 yards rushing. Uh, that, that's why we're running the ball. And he's scrambling up the middle and, and, and they're dropping back playing man to man. And he's exploiting. I mean, Russell Wilson at 80 something yards rushing by himself. So, okay. Well, in that drive to, to try to put it away when we got the, well, I guess we'll start. It's not really the ending. Cause they went to overtime, you know, a full another 10 minutes or so. Um, but where we thought, okay, they kicked or they got the touchdown off of the um, the penalty on the kick, which I thought they handed us the game right there when they took another minute off the clock mm-hmm. and they opted to try to score seven instead of, you know, because if you kick that field goal and it's no chip shot, but if you kick that field goal, okay, you're still down. You still need the touchdown, but now you have four, uh, three and a half minutes to stop Russell and three timeouts and the two minute warning. Now you're giving yourself a real chance. Realistically, when they opted to go for the touchdown, burnt another minute and got the touchdown. I, I was like, Oh, you know, game over. And so that's when we got in the first play. Russell rolls out. It's a rollout pass where he has the option and he takes it for nine yards. Carlos Hyde, a two yard plunge, you know, for a first down. Yeah. Now they got to burn the timeouts. Right. I wanted to see us come back with another rollout situation, another one or two. Yeah. And, um, and, but it didn't happen. So now, yes, as a defense, we have to turn around and make the stop to keep it from going overtime. But, you know, it's. Um, well, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get into all of that, we have our guest waiting on the phone. It's Jonah from Believe in the Press Row podcast. Let's bring him in right now. Joining us on this episode of the Seahawks podcast on the Believe Sports Network is fellow Believe host, Jonah from Believe in the Press Row. Jonah, what's up, my man? You know, it's one of those mornings. It's been like a three cup of coffee morning. I'm I'm sure you guys and gals know why, right? Yeah, yeah, man. We were all up late watching that game. I'm sure you were. Um, First of all, which team do you root for? And then talk to us about Believe in the Press Row and, and what your podcast is about. You know, I grew up in Toronto 
and I had the bills shoved down my throat. Yeah, so I uh, I am a Hawks fan living here in Seattle. This is my eighth or ninth year living here. Talk to me about uh, Believe in the Press Row. Um, how long have you been doing the podcast and, and what do you cover on there? Yeah, so, you know, I'll keep it brief, but like 15 years ago, I moved back to Toronto after living in the States for 15 years. And I was really depressed with the Toronto sports media scene. Uh, everything that the Toronto teams did was negative. Uh, they didn't catch a break for anyone. I had two little kids, so I started a WordPress site and literally just started pounding at the keyboard every night to blow off some steam. I, th- I find there's a lot of great, compelling stories about the folks in and around the game who cover the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get as much enjoyment of, of listening to people bitch about Chris Collinsworth or Joe Buck as I do about the Hawks' defense. Mm-hmm. Um I could go on and on about Collinsworth from last night. Uh, the greatest call of all time last night when he said, you know, kickers love to have that one free shot. And then he, you know, he booted the, the next kick. Anyways, uh, that's what I cover. I, I really spend a lot of time uh, in the press row talking to media types. Uh, I really love talking to both women who had to move their way up through unusual circumstances uh, great success stories, and then also athletes turn media members. Speaking of uh, athletes who have become media members, we've got one sort of on our show here. I don't know if we're quite the media yet, but we're 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 podcasting and everything. But uh, just the insider that makes you media. Yeah, may yeah. not be mainstream, but you're media. Yeah, got a mic in front of you that you got a voice. What's your take on it? What's the headline coming out of last night? You know, what, what do you think? So I'm just an idiot fan. I can't get into the X's and O's. That's not my thing. I leave that to other people. But I'll tell you, like, to me, it was like opportunity wasted. Um, I am not sure we're going to see better performances from guys like Tyler Lockett than we saw last night. Uh, the defense, in my opinion, continues to disappoint. And, and I don't care what Bobby Wagner saying this morning that they finally got to show up. Like, six, seven games in, like, it's too late, right? Like, what are you going to do? The personnel is the personnel. Um, you know, the coordinator is the coordinator. Uh, something's got to give. And then I think they have another week before the trade deadline. A unique opportunity. And I guess my question for you guys is, could you imagine we would ever be talking about a game where uh, DK was the best defensive player of the night? <laughs> that was an incredible effort. I mean, nothing surprises me with that guy. Um, and then, well, first of all, you know, we'll get into it later, Brett, but he won the game with that screen pass. And, yeah. you know, and you didn't see him pouting on the sidelines that other guys and Tyler was getting the ball every, almost every drop back. He just went out there. He blocked more. He blocked harder. He inspired his guys more. He's, I mean, that guy, both of those guys are true number ones in, in any offense. Let's talk about the work you're doing with SeattleShirt.com. Yeah. So SeattleShirt.com is a, uh, Local business, they have stores all throughout uh, Washington. You know, the, the, the prime one is right across from Pike Place Market. You've probably seen it. Good family business. They've uh, really gone out of their way, especially during the, the pandemic, to take care of people. It's the story that we want to tell. You know, good family, lots of local employees selling all kinds of Seattle merchandise. And uh, they have a ton of sports memorabilia or merchandise, I should say, not memorabilia. Uh, Tons of Seahawks gear and uh, especially an amazing array of uh, throwback jerseys. 
NFL and NBA, you know, all the way from Jim Brown to LeBron James. I think that's, you know, I think those are two pretty good goalposts Mm -hmm. and uh, a special deal, especially for your listeners today, this week, Uh, we'll give 50% off any of their purchases today online. If they use the keyword, let's go with Locket. How's that? So any of your users today use keyword Locket and uh, shipping is always free. You'll be blown away by the customer service. And we'll give 50% off today to any purchase. Use the keyword Locket and it's seattleshirt.com. If you get a chance and you're down in the area, they have two stores down on the pier. Another one up in, uh, as I said, a Pike Place and a phenomenal sister store in Leavenworth where I understand they got snow yesterday, but lots of opportunity. You know, uh, I, I live my life in online sales. Prime Day just passed us. Black Friday, Cyber Monday is ahead of us there is going to be a problem with package delivery. Mm. So you got little, little ones, especially, you know, people on your gift list that you want to find those stocking stuffers or other items for. There's a great time. Unbelievable deal. Get your orders in now. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. 50% off today only. Go to seattleshirt.com. It's spelled exactly how you think it is and use the promo code LOCKIT. 50% off of your purchase. I mean, come on, you guys. You know, local business and uh, definitely something worth supporting. Hey, man, thank you so much for jumping on. If you guys want to find Jonah, you can check out Believe in the Press Row podcast available wherever you get podcasts. And uh, Jonah, let's have you back on from time to time because I like your I like your take on the game and finding out you're a Seahawks fan. I mean, come on. Well, let's have you guys come join me and we can, we can reverse things for you. How's that? Sure, sounds good. We'd love right, to. Take care, guys. Thanks, Jonah. All Bye, right, Jonah. Bye-bye. What did I say I was going to come down to? And, you know, we were breaking down something like a podcast or two ago, and you said it all comes down to, and I said turnovers when you were thinking something else. We lost the turnover battle for the first time this year. All right. But this is what I was trying to yell at you earlier, which is can you help yourself in the first and second quarter? Like you could have even more than those 27 points. They traded touchdowns for field goals how many times? Twice, right? Yeah, we did. The first half. And then Russell Wilson threw the worst three interceptions I think I've ever seen him throw. Those were terrible, terrible throws. The one, yeah, the one in the end zone, a miscommunication to DK, right? Uh, that Peterson picked off. Um, what was the what was the second one? I remember the last one, obviously, okay, to so Isaiah the Simmons. One was the lazy throw to Chris Carson, which Buda Baker grabbed in. Right oh, yeah. He chased him down, which was an amazing play by DK, but one of the most lazy off the back foot flutter balls. And dude, you get three points there, the game's over right there. You got to take care of the ball, Russ. Yes, I, I you're not going to hear me arguing with that. That's something that the Hawks preach. They believe in. Uh, Russ knows that. Uh, I just I got to believe he saw him, you know, wide open out there. Buddha. I told you, if there's one guy that could ruin our day, it's Buda Baker. And uh, he, ask the Cowboys about him. Ask all the other teams that, that have played him. Um, you know, he's he's just that good of a player, and, um, and that's why they paid him. But, um, you know, let's talk about the good part of that. And, you know, Russell was busting his ass to try to make the tackle, and he just saw a blur go right by him. Yeah, that, he came back up as the flash. At was – was, that not one of the most magnificent plays you've seen from anybody in I don't know how long. Um, it looked like LeBron going down to 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 save the game with a block, right? You know how he's done so many times. I mean, arms pumping, just 240 pounds, a beast, just catching up. And you saw Buddha like, oh no, 
<laughs> Here it comes. DK <laughs> uh, Metcalf is so fast that he and he caught Buda Baker so quickly that he had time to line up how he was going to tackle him before he actually even went for the tackle. Like he took at least four steps once he caught him to figure out how to actually make sure that he was going to make the right tackle. It was an amazing play by DK Metcalf. I'm just contending that, I mean, with Russell putting a little more zip on the ball or whatever, we wouldn't have even had to have that anyway. But okay, fine. Then we move forward in the game, and Russell throws another terrible interception in the end zone. It looked kind of like the interception he threw earlier in the year where it's along the sideline, and he's kind of looks like he might be throwing it away, but for whatever reason, the ball doesn't get thrown away. It stays inbounds. They make a good interception on it, and there's more points that, like, literally Russell kind of took off the board for us there that would have yeah. won ultimately. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, obviously, clear miscommunication between him. DK broke the route off, uh, thinking he was just going to throw it back shoulder or, or whatever. And uh, and Russ uh, seemingly thought he was going to go vertical and just give him a chance. Because if it's a one-on-one 50-50 ball, you it's really more of a 70-30 ball with uh, with DK in there. So, yeah. Um, but since we're talking about receivers, how about we talk about the little guy that, you know, what did he have? What did he end up having? I know it was three touchdowns. Uh, every catch seemingly better than the last, which it's yeah. hard when you start out the game with a 35-yard one-handed over a perennial Pro Bowl or possible Hall of Famer in Patrick Peterson. Well, Tyler Lockett, who was my zone-in player of the week, by the way. Uh, was he? I, yes, I said he would get six catches for 70-something yards and a touchdown, and people were emailing in uh, uh, to SeahawksPod at gmail.com um, saying that they agreed with that, but I don't think anyone wow. thought that he would do what he actually did, which is 50 catches, 200 yards, three touchdowns on 20 targets. Uh, just a monster game from Tyler. What was your favorite catch? Well, the first one that they had on the, what was the very first play of the game? First play of the game. Uh, uh, Russell just drops it right in the bucket. Tyler grabs that one-handed one was just beautiful. And then the fourth down catch in the back of the end zone that by the way, and now here, let me, let me pivot a little bit to the referees a little bit because it, it, it came into play on that, on that play. What the referee called it a touchdown, the referee in the corner of the end zone, put both hands in the air, touchdown. For some reason, he gets overruled, even though he's the closest official to that play. They call it an incomplete pass, and then Pete has to waste a challenge on it because it's yeah. not in two minutes. And my look, NFL, all scoring plays are reviewed, right? Mm-hmm. So when it's like that, just call it a touchdown. Then yeah. review it. Forcing the officials, or I mean, sorry, forcing the coaches to have to use a challenge like that when then they might not be able to use one later or, mm-hmm. or whatever is is just to me not within the spirit of the rules of the game and like doesn't really make much sense. I call it a touchdown, then review it after that. That's my opinion. Yeah, on scoring plays or of that nature, it gets reviewed. So, but this is where it does get tricky because it has to be irrefutable evidence, right? Yeah. When they do. So there's there's been some very questionable touchdowns in the past years uh that they're just like oh well we called it a touchdown we got to leave it a touchdown it's i, know. I don't know I and know. Uh, i think turnovers are reviewed too but 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 uh, you know touchdowns are definitely you know scrutinized or reviewed so i, I see what you're saying err on the side of that rather than uh making a coach possibly potentially burn a t- you know timeout well while we're, while we're complaining about the officials there's a couple more moments that we should point out um uh um bobby wagner 
got an unnecessary roughness uh, penalty against him when he hit the tight end and the guy didn't catch the ball. And, and, and they said it was unnecessary roughness. You watch that play slow down. Bobby Wagner uses his arms, pushes the guy in the back, but because the guy's head snaps backwards, it looked more violent than it was, and they threw a penalty on it. When a couple of moments later in the game, Travis Homer, or uh, yeah, it was Travis Homer who took a blatant helmet-to-helmet. Oh, and man. No penalty flag at all, and the drive ends, and we got to punt it away. And by the way, with the Bobby Wagner one, it kept their drive going, and they scored off of that. So... You know, and then you got the holding call on David Moore at the end on DK's screen pass, which he I mean, have a hold of his jersey. It is, I guess, by the rule book, a hold. And I think if that that was a flop, dude, if that had happened on the other side of the field, I don't think they throw that flag. But it happened right next to where DK ran past. Like that guy could have made a play on DK. I'm gonna say David Moore saved that that poor guy's life because he would have ran head into a full steam DK Metcalf that looked like he was very adamant about reaching the end zone on that play. So um, that guy should be sending David Moore a gift basket. I don't. That was not a. That was not a penalty. Get out of here with that. I look. I know we're a little all over the place. I know I'm a little fired up. All I'm all I'm saying is is that if you if we think that Russell Wilson is the MVP of the league. And if all the media keeps talking about how he's the presumptive MVP of the league and all of that kind of stuff, then you cannot throw the kind of interceptions that you threw. And when the game is on the line and it's the fourth quarter and you need to get a first down to win the game and you got four plays to do it in and they got three timeouts, the idea that you don't let that MVP have at least even one play to try to get you that first down makes absolutely no sense to me. The 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 whole meme, let Russ cook and all that, if we're supposed to be letting Russ cook, then why are you handing the ball off to Carlos Hyde? Doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, Carlos had 4.5 a carry. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, and look, let's not, Russ is, still put up 472 yards and uh, accounted for three touchdowns. Uh, you know, now 33 of 50, we definitely left some opportunities out there, I'll say, but I don't have a problem with, and, and it's just the turnovers. That's the only thing that, um, like you're saying, you can't just, can't be throwing it all, all over town like that. Uh, that's the one part it really came back to haunt us. Uh, we got two turnovers, I believe. Um, uh, Diggs had the interception and, Right after we threw an interception, Diggs, next play, got it back. And then the fumble by Puna on um, Hopkins and recovery by who else? KJ Wright. I mean, yep, Johnny's playing. He's playing out of his mind right now. AJ is absolutely having the year of his life so far. I mean, he's and, just individually just playing amazing. And teams, they need to start checking away from him. If you have a screen designed to his side, I don't know how many times they're going to keep doing this and just keep getting blasted. <laughs> Just or you know having him just ruin the play, but you would think that they would have a built-in check. Like, okay, fifties over there. We have a screen going that way. Party's over. Let's go the other way. <laughs> it's hard, man, because this morning I just I feel like probably how Minnesota fans felt after we played Minnesota, or how New England fans felt after we played New England this year, or um, I, I can't even remember all the games offhand that that we kind of we we were able to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat a couple times in my opinion and this time we were given so many opportunities to win this game i mean 
were up by 10 points with five minutes left in the game, right? Or um, close to it. I mean, you know, and so you're up by 10 points. You should win it just because of that alone. Then um, they miss the field goal in overtime to give you another chance to go down and win the game. And of course he throws an interception and, and then they come back and win it. But it just, and, and like I said, early in the game, you know, trading field goals instead of, instead of touchdowns, I just, it just, to me feels like everything I complain about with the Seahawks came true in this game, which is when you're up on a team, especially a team that you think is not as good as you, and especially a division team, it's, it, it, you know, put your foot on their chest and keep them on the ground. And for whatever reason, we just aren't able to do that sometimes. And it's extremely frustrating to me. I, I think we should have won that game by like you, I mean, you predicted a 15 point win. We were up by 10, like I said, with barely any time left. I, I don't know that that should have been a 10 point win all day long. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I hope I stay by, we, we should have beat them, um, easily rather. Um, so it's tough in that regard to handle the loss uh, this morning, knowing we had that game and we just weren't able to finish it. And that's been that's what we've been doing all season long. Uh, Dallas, New England, uh, Minnesota is even when it comes down, we make it might not always be pretty, but we make the plays that need to be made, you know, in crunch time and uh, didn't happen. And of course, this is the feeling when it doesn't happen. Um, so my heart goes out to those guys because I mean, they our first episode after a loss. This is right. I didn't think I didn't think we'd be doing one after a loss. I told you, sixteen and zero with with trip to the Super Bowl and a win, but it happens. So now, where do we go from here? We're gonna be fine. Well, I gotta tell you, last night I was handling it pretty well. Last night, actually, I was frustrated, but I was like, eh, you know, it's sports. You win some, you lose some. All right, fine. This morning is when it really all started to sink in because I keep picturing DK chasing down Buddha Baker, and it just feels like such a waste, and it's hard to get that out of my brain. Just some incredible efforts all around out there. And um, they they made enough plays to win the game. You know, so you take your hat off to them. Uh, and this is the team I told you I was worried about most coming into the season. That little guy, Kyler Murray, is a problem. And he continues to be for, you know, the entire NFL. Like that, you see the talent he has and and the, the composure and poise. It's eerily reminiscent of our guy. It's like, yo, he makes things happen. He's never um, never worried. The moment's never too big for him. He's just going to keep going. Regardless of what happens, he's going to get up and go again. And it, it came down to that he got the last opportunity and he made the most of it. Let me, let me here, send your angry emails to seahawkspod at gmail.com. Let me say that in advance. Of saying this. Kyler Murray, I'm telling you right now, nope. He's what? He ain't it. Mm-mm. Nope. I'll tell you why. Chris Collins last night was almost as annoying as the entire Seahawks football team. Okay. Chris Collinsworth. I mean, dude, be consistent and pick a point of view. Okay. Cause I've watched games before where he talks about quarterbacks with this very looping motion and how they're going to get the ball stripped from behind and how they're never going to make it in the NFL because their release is so slow and all this stuff. But for some reason with Kyler Murray, his big looping motion is, Oh, it's the bees knees for Chris Collinsworth. Chris, we've been watching you for a long time. Be consistent with what you're saying. And also like, at one point in the game, Kyler had thrown like one great pass to uh, it was a touchdown pass on the left side. Uh, Christian Kirk, it was it. Uh, 
I don't remember, but like Collinsworth is like, these two quarterbacks are really like putting on a show here or whatever. To that point, Kyler Murray had not put on a he show. He hadn't, yeah. And the, the the broadcast team and the NFL, I get it. They're trying to make a star out of the kid. They're they're going for ratings. It's, you know, Seattle and, and, and Arizona and all that. But Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray is not, okay? And I- Russell Wilson had a chance to show Kyler Murray that he's the little brother that he is. And they let them off the hook, man. Hey, to borrow a line from a former Arizona head coach, they are who they are who <laughs> thought they were whatever, and we let them off the hook or whatever it is. Dude, it's a division game. They're your little brother. They've always been our little brother. We were supposed to take them out in the driveway and show them what's up, and they got one on us at the end, and it, it stings, and I don't like it. And I also, I, I'm sorry, man, but he completed nine passes in the game before that. He throws for over 300 on the Seahawks' weak, weak defense. I don't know. He he accounted for 427 yards. Just spitting hot fire. Dude. You know, just so you know the facts. And four touchdowns. You know, one rush, three passing. So let's not say he's, you know, he got lucky. Against and- a terrible defense, though, Lofa. And this is what we need to talk about, dude. Come on. I mean, this is what I want to talk to you about the most. It is time to admit that the Seahawks defense is not very good. And what, what can they do to fix this? And what, as fans, can we look to? I mean, this is where you really need to talk me down. Because, dude, we're giving up almost the most, I mean, the most, if not second most yards in the NFL. We're giving up the most, if not second most points in the NFL. And, and, and clearly, it was a problem last night. I mean, yes, but it goes hand in hand with opportunities that we're not taking care of or, you know, taking advantage of on offense. So, you know, we talk about the costly red zone interceptions. That's at least six points, maybe 14 if we can, you know, punch those in. And, you know, I know that's uh, well, what if, but those are two opportunities. We have the ball inside the 20, uh, you know, I'm saying maybe run the ball there. We're, we have 200 yards rushing, averaging like six, seven a carry. Uh, Russell's probably averaging like 11. Uh you know, just I don't know. That's my take is uh, that we could help ourselves yeah. as a team yeah. that, you know, it doesn't all have to fall on the defense. I know when you have a defensive head coach, Pete, defensive minded, um, you know, Kenny Norton, I know they're not happy about this, but it goes hand in hand. We got blanked in the third quarter by that defense. Yeah. No points in the I third quarter. I mean, yeah, we only we only scored seven after halftime and that in is second. overtime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got blanked in in two of those three frames. So, uh, this, yeah, I understand you got the 10 point lead protected, but that is a good offense that we just faced with, I mean, potentially two hall of famers out there, wide receiver, uh, Hopkins and Fitzgerald. And I'm look, not excuses, but I'm just presenting the facts. Well, how do we reconcile that Kyler Murray completes nine passes against the Dallas Cowboys who lost to the Washington football team badly, by the way, yesterday he completes nine passes against them but completes 34 against the Seahawks and I think he put up what did he put up 40 points against them or 38 yeah let me see no I gotta go back and I gotta find out because <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't um give so. up 360 yards passing to Kyle yeah. okay so there you go there's there's the silver lining it took it took 38 passes or completions to 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 get 37 points against us. It took nine completions to get 38 points against the Cowboys. Silver lining, boom. 
Yeah, but I'm asking about the Seahawks secondary. I mean, how do you let Kyler Murray throw for 360 yards and three touchdowns? Well, he needed overtime to do it. All right. So it could be a good, I don't know, 50, 60 yards there. It's still, you don't want to give up 300 yards, but it's better than 400. I will say that. (laughs) And so if we're talking progress, we're trending in the right direction, my man. We are trending correctly. Cosmic optimist, man. This is why this see, this is why you're were a player and I would never be because I would just be walking the locker room being like, the sky is falling, forget it, pack it all in, let's go home. Oh, when it comes to my own performance, I'm very critical. Um, I would, you know, cry over every, you know, oh, I should have made the tackle. Oh, I could have intercepted that ball. I'm telling you, it haunts you until the next game. And luckily, you only gotta wait five days. Uh, six days to to get that out of your system. So, so what's so take me inside the meeting room at the VMAC. What's going on in the in the def- like does the all does all the defense meet together? Do they go into position things? How does it normally work? Yeah, we we go in there as a team and we watch, you know, we have everything up there in terms the of together? Yeah, yeah. Whole team meeting. And we review uh what happened. And um, you know, especially after a loss, it's tough to say good job to anybody, but you know, you will acknowledge a 200 yard performance, 15 catch three touchdown Tyler Lockett. Yeah. And, and you know, there was, I mean, there's nothing else that guy could have done outside of making the tackle that DK made, um, you know, to, to help the game. This is really an outstanding performance by him. And um, you know, you acknowledge the interceptions, the turnovers are the biggest key um, as you've seen, us pulling out wins early in the season, mm-hmm. we won the turnover battle. And uh, we were tied for first, I believe, in the turnover ratio going into last night. Last night might have changed things. But that is such a determining factor in the outcome of games and, and really leading to opportunities for Russ to cook or, or the offense to get the ball. So that was, um, you know, to me, where it mattered most. Uh, but, yeah, man – you don't want to give up 400 yards, 500 yards of offense. You know, I think both defenses gave up 500 yards. Those are two good offenses. Um, and I, I, not to make excuses, but this is what happens when you don't have fans in the stands. Mm. I'm telling you, for both sides, these quarterbacks, whether they're on the home, at home or on the road, they're able to clearly communicate. Like most quarterbacks, you don't have a voice. The, the defense, either whether you're the defense and you're at home, or you're the uh, offense, the quarterback on an away trip, you don't have a voice when you leave that game. Mm. That's that's how hard you're yelling. And then ultimately you go to hand signals because you can't talk anymore. That's how loud it is. Um, and that's not the case. And it's so easy. It's like pitch and catch for these guys. Um, you know, even when someone gets a good pass rush and, you know, you hear the crowd start to go, oh, like they start to raise their voice. Quarterback, they start freaking out like, oh, I got to get rid of this. And now they're just like, okay, well, I can hear the guys behind me, you know? So they're just playing pitch and catch. Well, speaking of pass rush, I mean, isn't that the biggest problem in the defense that there isn't one? I guess, but uh, let's see what we, oh, we didn't get it. Was it last night? Yeah. Not, not one sack, huh? That was uh, I, I, I think, I mean, maybe they gave him credit for a sack on a, when he tried to on scr- a scramble yards or something but there wasn't like a clear just he drops back to pass we sack him the the best pass rusher of the game was when uh i was it on fourth down for them or uh they were down towards their end zone and we rushed him and he had kind of had to throw like a crazy you get it out ass that went incomplete or something other than that i mean dude there is no 
pass rush being generated by the defensive line mm-hmm. of this team right now. And I mean, sometimes they'll get one at the end of a game or something like that, but clearly other teams are not afraid of the Seahawks defensive line from a pass rushing standpoint. And a guy like Kyler Murray can sit back there and pick you apart all day long. And I think that's the biggest problem on this team right now. The trade deadline's coming up. Don't they need to go get somebody? Do you have somebody in mind? I Dude, you put on a helmet, kid. I don't care who they get. Somebody. Uh, um, I I mentioned it a couple pods ago. Uh, Your boy hey, Matthews, let's go. Come on, oh, you have his number. I do. I would love. I would love to have Clay up here with this defense. I mean, I know he can generate seven, eight sacks in the remaining 10, 12 games. I, I yeah. guarantee you, he can. Somebody. Uh, I with the deadline approaching and. I just, again, I don't know why he's not being utilized over in Washington, especially with how they're playing. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan is a guy that routinely should have been up for defensive player of the year, um, generating seven, eight sacks seemingly every year, uh, an interception, forced fumbles, taking to the house, touchdowns. And he just, he has never gotten his his due credit. So uh, I don't think it would take too much to to get him, you know, maybe a fourth or a fifth at this point. Um, you know, he, he is he's under contract for this for the remaining of this year, and then he's up. So, I that's a guy I think could we could see moved and hopefully moved to the Pac Northwest. Yeah. Um, and uh, but other than that, yeah, Clay Matthews, Clay, if you're listening, you know, let's go, man, dust those cleats off. Dude, we need something, anything. I mean, you know, they they drafted uh, Daryl Taylor. He's been injured. He hasn't even played yet. The rookie. Mm. Um, they just they they gotta generate something from the front four, the front three. What I don't know, whatever whatever the scheme is, whatever they they have to get in on the quarterback and they have to make uh those sacks stick. You know, like Bobby came in at one point, got one hand on him, he was able to slip away. It's you know, obviously he's getting blocked or or whatever. Yeah. It'd be nice to see them just get home more often. When the Seahawks were having the most success, obviously, that they've had in the Super Bowl years and everything, you had Michael Bennett, you had Cliff Averill, and you were able to have those guys coming off the edge and getting after quarterbacks. So, Well, I mean, in, this, in years past, you know, um, on top of great defense with the pass rush you're alluding to, um, we had a guy by the name of Marshawn Lynch mm-hmm. that we would just hand – and he would just wear teams down in the third and fourth quarter. And, you know, Chris Carson went down, um, you know, Hyde ended up getting 15 carries. He, I thought he played well. Uh, but it, that is that was a big part of the recipe. If anybody was cooking, I'm talking back in the day, was leaning on a stud running back that could just tire a, de- a defense. They just don't want to hit a guy like that. Yeah. Like, look at Derrick Henry and what he's doing for Tennessee. I mean – you find out who wants to play when it's the 30th carry and he's still going full speed, you know, at you. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I just, I feel like with Greg Olson, I feel like with DK Metcalf, I feel like with, um, you know, even like Jacob Hollister, they do that little swing play and he can get those two or three yards on that little like out, uh, you know, Russell bootlegs and he'll hit him uh, for that easy little pass there. I just feel like it, come on, Brian Schottenheimer, you need three yards to get a first down, to put the game on ice, to win the game. I feel like there has to be a passing play that you're comfortable with that you can that you can get that and you got to plug that in, man. So our zone in players for this week, you had Cody Barton. Um, he had zero tackles, 
zero 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 all the way across the board. So it's not his fault. He didn't get in there. All right. Had the under on Lofa's zone player. <laughs> yeah, we if you want. Announce a name later in the week for the zone in gift package. Uh, thank you guys for sending in all your emails. Seahawkspod at gmail.com. If you want to keep those coming and we'll do it again later in the week when we preview the game coming up on Sunday, which I don't even know who we're playing because I'm still not over the Cardinals. So I think it's the Niners, right? I honestly don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll focus on it later. Uh, we all becomes bear. We all become Bears fans tonight. The Rams play the Bears, so root for the Bears because uh, you know this NFC West is is talented and loaded oh, yeah. and deep, and and we're going to need all the help we can get. I think just because yeah, they're coming and, from the ground, man. I mean, the Niners took care of business uh, in New England. That was that game was ugly. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is definitely the toughest division. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap on the Seahawks podcast for this time, everyone. Thanks for listening on the Blue Sports Network. We'll be back next time uh, to preview what we hope will be another Seahawks victory this season. Lofa, we got to break it down to something. What do you want to break it down to? Uh, Yeah, lock it on three. Lock it up. Oh, I love that. (laughs) All right, here we go. Lock it up on three. One, two, three. Lock it up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.